Hi, this is Ali and Andrew's All Aussie Accounting Adventures. Much like Dolly Parton's 9 to 5, although sometimes you feel like it's working 7am till 12am, we're talking work-life balance and everything in between. You know what? Putting this kind of content together is so much fun for us to do, but we would not be able to do it. We would not be able to connect with you without the help of our incredible founding sponsors. FYI, Docs, you are incredible. Thank you so much. And Toa Global, you are also equally as incredible. Thank you so much. Hey gang, so today we want to spend a bit of time talking about work-life balance. If you run an accounting business, are an accountant, or really are a human that has a job, you're probably going to find yourself sometimes torn between the time you invest in what you do during work hours and the people that you want to spend time with outside of those working hours. Uh, I know for me, that's been a huge challenge with growth. Uh, That's been a huge challenge doing something that you love, Um, uh, but it's also been a huge challenge having other things in my life that I want to do. um, Ali, what about you? Talk to me a little bit about from a work-life balance. What has that looked like for the last three years? Obviously, mum, kids, uh, you know, you've, you've moved house, you've <laughs> renovated. Like, there's so much that goes on in lives. What's it look like for you? I live what I would call a high-capacity life. Um, it's, it's very full. But I'll actually take this work-life balance thing to really when the rubber hit the road for me was when I became a mum, which was 15 years ago. Mm. And I went to part-time work while still wanting to grow my career, um, still wanting to own my own firm. And so I had to learn really, really quickly um, around boundary setting and communicating what those boundaries were with not only my internal team, but also my clients so that they understood where I was at and what I needed. Um, And I guess my biggest lesson, although it was one of the hardest lessons, was when my marriage imploded um, a few years into motherhood and it was a stick in the sand moment moment for me where I realized what was important and that was my beautiful family and that I needed to be present with them and be engaged with them. And it kind of revolutionized my work-life balance. Although I call it more fluidity because it does move (laughs) in and out of that. And so I learned that I had to kind of be really structured in my life around, you know, I live and die by my calendar. So in my calendar, it's got when I will be at work and when I will be leaving for work. You know, I plan a month ahead in relation to school events and pickups and drop-offs because I want to be there. And I, then I'm I want to check this diary. I, I've got a pretty <laughs> solid full. calendar. Like people look at mine and they have a heart attack. Uh, um, it is full. Yeah. Um, and But that's the way that I need to live my life because it is high capacity. Otherwise, I miss things. So um, for me, it was really around making sure that when I was home, I was absolutely 100% engaged at home, being present with them. Um, And then when I'm at work, which is what I love, being present there as well, but setting boundaries, but it ebbs and flows. Like sometimes I have to give more to the family and less to work. And obviously when in the startup phase of All In, it was more about work and less about family, although they were still there. Mm. And I had to have that conversation with my husband and say, look, this is what's going to happen. Mm. Are you okay with that? And checking in with the family. What about you? Look, very similar, but I obviously didn't become a mum one day. Um, (laughs) But you became a dad one day. I became a dad one day. And I mean, my eldest is now seven. So Mm. Illuminate was two years into its uh, journey. 
Uh, I think we had an employee or two maybe at that time. Um, and we had a kid, but we were at, it was a little bit different. I had a, a business partner and we had a lot more flexibility then. So at that point in time, I think my, my work-life balance was a lot easier to manage than what it's probably been the last three or four years. Mm. But that's probably a lot to do with my fault. Mm. And it's uh, there's other things that I'm passionate about. Whiskey, for yeah. example, is yeah. something I'm massive about. Um, playing basketball is is like a mental release for me. Yeah. Um. So I would I often fill up my weeks and my days with a lot of those things that give me the joy. So that when you know work is tough and hard, like you have that release that you still have. Yeah. But sometimes you forget about the fact that you have a wife and two daughters yeah. that love you and that you love and that you don't invest time in. So I, I do structure my diary um, uh, quite strongly. I was trying to pull it up to show you it, but it wasn't lo- loading up. <laughs> is there a moment though, Andrew, that you had that stick in the sand moment of, oh gosh, I actually do need to start thinking about yeah. this? No, absolutely. And that was, oh, I'm going to say probably about four or five years ago. And it was just through some. It was. It was probably. Yeah. It was probably about a year after Illuminate kind of had its branding moment, where we kind of really started representing and being honest to ourselves. And I was loving it. It was mm. so good. Like people loving were loving it, that. Yeah. It was. Yeah. It was. It was wicked. You're mate. so cool. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. love myself. No. <laughs> yeah. We we had we had a lot of really positive feedback, which uh, was ego boosting, um, mm. but also um, our client base was growing, and and there was a lot of cool stuff that we we're doing. So I was so heavily invested into that, and I found myself coming home most days and having to sit on the couch and just stare at the ceiling for half an hour before I can engage. And, and I'd go to this thing called the nothing box, uh, which I, I can't remember where I got the term from, but I got it from someone else. Yeah. Um, and it's literally, and it's apparently guys can do this and girls can't, but I, I debate that. <laughs> but it's literally a space you sit there and you stare and, and like someone's like, what do you think about? N- nothing. Like nothing's happening yeah, right, right now. And it's literally, it's just like this blank box. space. Yeah. Um, and eventually me sitting on the couch and going to that space became more and more frequent and longer and longer times. And it got to the point where I'm sitting there and I hear my wife cry from the kitchen. You got it. You got it. Still hurts me every time I say it. Yeah. It's emotive stuff, isn't it, kids and family? And you you just don't realize how much what you do during your work life impacts your family when you don't engage with them after it. Yeah. And it was just that reminder for me of like, dude, man, you've got a wife, you've got two mm-hmm. kids here. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. Like, what are you doing? Why aren't you, why aren't you coming home and engaging with them? Why aren't you being more connected? And and that was mm-hmm. for me. Oh, geez, sorry. No, you're um, right. No, I'm good. That's um, powerful. Like that's powerful, and people need to hear that because we all have moments like that. Yeah. And it's and it's what you do with that, and it's what you learn from that. It's the strategies and the things that you do after that. Yep. That count. And I, I wouldn't say that I've solved the problem. I wouldn't say that I'm perfect at it. I'm more aware of it. And I think some of the thing is awareness is is being aware of that and, and ensuring the time you are around is more quality-based time than what you want out of it time. Yeah. Um, provided that you have enough kind of mental release that you need personally because you have to look after yourself. And if you're not looking after yourself and only investing into work or family, it will become quite negative all over the place. Yeah. But It's I, what we call the guilt factor. Yeah. Right? Yeah, you can't be everywhere at once. And a lot of people struggle with feeling guilty if they're at work and not at home and then feeling guilty if they're at home and not at work. Yeah. And it's about reconciling that in your own mind. And I think 
for me, what helps is once again, I just go back to the strategy and planning (laughs) because I do have to do that in my Mm. life. And it is even around my family because I have to make sure that I'm spending enough time with them, but also that I'm spending enough time with my work family because they are my family too. Yep. I've found that I have to um, involve Havana, my wife, a, a lot more with business stuff, yeah. which was something that I kind of avoid in the early days is I'm like, oh, she doesn't care about this. And it's kind of what I do. And, you know, we, we, we do other stuff together and she's not interested. But what I learned is like she actually is interested. And because she doesn't do what I do, she has some really interesting perspective that I can mm-hmm. actually um, get from her when we catch up and talk about stuff. But more importantly, to some extent, I need to ask permission to do certain things. Yeah. Like, hey, uh, there's this opportunity. So one good example is I, I got the opportunity to go to the UK and speak a couple of years ago and I was supposed to go last year. Damn you, COVID. <laughs> um, and this was me traveling to the other side of the world for two weeks. Yeah. And I had a one and a half year old child mm. um, and it, almost two year old child and, and a five year old. Yeah. So I was like, okay, babe, here's the deal. Yeah. Like, she knew that that was like, for me, one of my bucket list items was standing on stage in another country to talk about something I'm passionate about. Yeah. And she knew that. And we had a really good conversation and what that meant mm. and a good conversation around in the lead up to me going. And yeah. when I come back and yeah. then what I'm doing whilst I'm there as well to make sure that I'm still engaged and connected with the family. And, and we worked that out really well. And yeah. and that happens. That happens from things like um, work opportunities that comes, um, personal opportunities, you know, stuff yeah. I want to do with whiskey. I want to buy a factory, like all yeah. these kind of things. Yeah. I find that I just, if I can engage and be more connected with, with her yeah. um, and even my girls as well, yeah. then I've got a bit more flexibility in that work-life balance because they yeah. feel a part of it. And I feel I find that key. It's all around communication, isn't it? It's all around boundary setting and communicating yep. and being willing for it to ebb and flow. So not to say, well, this is working, so let's just make it work forever because it is going to change. And as your kids get older, they need different things. And so I found you know, working part-time now for 15 years and even being, you know, now a business owner and have, and I only work four days a week, being able to ebb and flow and see the need and then meet it, I think it changes constantly. And the one thing that I always go back to is just find, finding those moments of joy, the things that actually really, really matter and being able to balance them. Mm. Um, but it changes constantly and it always will. And that's okay. And that's, just part of it. But I, I feel really blessed in my life to be able to have, you know, three kids and a dog and a beautiful house and a gorgeous husband and beautiful family and friends, but to also have an amazing business that I'm so proud of and I'm so proud of my team. Mm. And to be able to have both of those ha- has been the hugest blessing to me and I'm so grateful for it. Mm. And the work stuff, I mean, a lot of this keeps coming back to culture over and over again. We yeah. could talk about so many um, topics as a business owner and how you manage that. And it's it's my team helps me to manage that. Absolutely. So whether it's pricing clients, whether it's work-life balance, whether it's managing growth, whether like whatever it is, yeah. if you're trying to do that alone, you're going to be so much under the pump unless you literally have a, a structure that allows us to one person kind of operation. Yeah. But I know the same thing, like my team are acutely aware of the amount of hours that I might work. So let's yeah. go back to let's go to COVID. I don't really like going to the dirty <laughs> sea time. But we know that um, many industries were impacted by that in terms of not being able to work or having too much work. As accountants and bookkeepers and advisors, we were just slammed. Yeah. And I found myself working, you know, twenty hour days, seven days a week for a few months straight. You know, mm. we were delivering webinars and blogs and calling clients yeah. and so much was happening. Yeah. Everything there was no solid foundation on which to stand. Yeah. <laughs> 
It was just ever-changing. The one kind of benefit was the fact that in Victoria we were stuck at home doing it all, so at least like <laughs> See, my that's kids my worst could hang nightmare. out. Yeah. <laughs> so like a work-life balance, at least I was still around home whilst it was happening. But yeah. some of the great stuff was like my, my team would check in on me. Yeah. Like they knew what was going on. They they were aware of the level of work and, mm. and that kind of stuff. And and I think that's super important to ensure that like you don't – you. I don't think you should hide that. You don't want to. No, you don't. No, you don't want to wear it as a badge of honor. No, no, no. But you shouldn't hide the challenges that you're going through because it allows not. you to be more human and your team to be more human. They can support you within that balance of going. All right, we are recognizing. Yeah. And maybe it's because you're a control freak and you just need to give something up. Which is my example in COVID was mm. I was trying to be Captain America and save yeah. everybody <laughs> when really I, I had the Avengers with me and we could have yeah, done it right. together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like but I thought it was the only one. Pretty good on you. Oh but... damn it. Did. <laughs> You know, I think that that's a really important thing here is that if we're really open with the people that we work with and communicate with them about where we're at, we all have good times and bad times and we can step in and step out when need be. And I know that in my lifetime, in my career work lifetime, there have been moments where I've had to step out and somebody has had to step in, but I've been so lucky with that support Mm. that I had to ask I had to admit that I needed help. I had to admit that I couldn't do it. And even when I moved away from Deloitte, I went to a firm that literally was like a risk insurance policy to me. I was going through some mediation matters in relation to the kids and I, at a moment's notice, needed to be out of the office. And so I needed people around me that could do the work for me. Mm. And even now at All In, one of my strategies is actually to over-resource so that we have, all of us have flexibility in our lives because I need that. So Mm. I want my team to have that as well. So I must probably take a bit of a hit on profitability for that flexibility. You're talking about what's valuable to you though. So you build a business that's giving you back what you need. And and that's something that I'm looking to try and bring into a little bit now with bringing in a couple of extra resources at Illuminate because we've, we've grown. I mean, we've already put on eight in the last seven months, but we think we need more because there's this more growth on the horizon. And I don't want to be in that position where our team are struggling, I'm struggling because we're pushing constantly through that growth barrier. But you have to sacrifice something at the end of the day. Yeah, you do. You can't just have a life balance. There's a work-life balance and something yeah. from either side gets that sacrifice. And I think that communication is is pretty massive. Yeah. Um, so you've talked about like your diary management and how you've created structure in there. What about managing clients? Because I think clients can actually disrupt our work-life balance a lot. Um, Absolutely. So f- from my perspective, I don't give out my mobile number very often. Um, it's not on my email signature. It's not going to be on any business card. I don't have anyone at the moment. I need to get it tapped like you've got. <laughs> it's so um, awesome. I don't have it. I don't have th- that kind of resource. So I don't give it out. But the reason I don't is that a, a few years ago, I had a client that was a very high-paying client that had a very high expectation. Um, and we would be communicating on weekends. And I'd get yeah. messages at very late at night. It's a rabbit hole. Yeah. And all mm. of a sudden I'm supposed to be there like chilling out and I'm getting a text message. I'm like, oh, sorry, babe. Do you mind if I just go mm. and quickly? And 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 even to that extent, I, only until like COVID I hit, I never had a home office. Mm. I would all, I had a laptop, but I would yeah. come home and I wouldn't work because I'd, yeah. I'd had to create that boundary because yeah. if all of a sudden I could work, I would. Yeah. And for me, the mobile access is one of them. I got a second mobile during that period when that guy kept messaging me yeah. and I just turned it off. Yeah, right. Um, which I've now reverted Bad back experience. again. Yeah. See, I run the gauntlet, I guess. <sighs> my mobile is everywhere, my friend. Um, just but- give it to your three-year-old and say, here, just answer this call and tell <laughs> them to get stuff. She has done that before. 
<laughs> not told them to get stuff, but she has answered the call and they kind of get it. I'm In my um, out-of-office email and also in my voicemail, I have very clear um, communication around when I do and don't work. Mm. I choose then if I want to respond or if I don't. Um, and I am the type of person that sometimes I do need to release it. So if I see it and it's a quick answer, I release it. But I just go back to boundary setting and communication. I've had some clients for over 25 years incredibly successful, large businesses that I just communicate with them when I am and am not available. They know mm. I don't work Fridays. They know not to bother on Fridays and they've got to get everything yeah. else done. And you know what? I did have an experience just recently with a, a client that had brought on another partner. So um, I hadn't actually chosen this particular person. And unfortunately, they found it offensive that I didn't work on or wasn't available to them on Fridays and wanted me to change my voicemail. And I said, <laughs> well, actually, I know, right? He actually said, I find it offensive that you aren't available to me. And I said, well, that's unfortunate to you because I'm not going to. And if you don't like it, you can go. They, they're still with me, but I, I'm very, very blunt, mm. very honest, very open around what my boundaries are. If they work for you, great. If they don't, that's totally okay. I'm just not the person for you. So there's there's obviously moments where our knee-jerk reaction is to break those rules. Mm. Um, for me, I had an example of a, a client that um, was suggesting that they weren't as happy with what we had been doing and actually personally what I'd been doing within mm. their business recently. Um, and I knew it was an easy conversation that we had to have and we'd, it would all be fine, we'd, it'd mm. all be good but their availability wasn't the greatest. Mm. And my availability all of a sudden wasn't greatest too because I was going away. Mm. So uh, we were communicating around when we're going to catch up. Oh, I mm. can catch up at 7 o'clock here. And it's like, oh, I'd, look, I'd love to catch up, but like that time's sacred for family. I need yeah. to look after it. The best I can do for you is to catch up at 5.30 and I can mm. give you half an hour. Mm. And and they came back in a really positive way. Oh, thank you so much. Really appreciate that. I definitely don't want you don't want to take away client time. Yeah. So I think it's communicating those boundaries and why it's actually important to you and as a result of that if your clients are nice people, they would yep. get it. And if That's they're right. not nice people, sack them. Yep. It's just not I think worth ultimately it. We, we first go to sacrifice. Oh, I'll sacrifice something because somebody's asked me. But if you actually mm. open up that conversation to a little bit more and actually pick out exactly what it is, you usually come to the right conclusion. And I learned the hard way never to have a 7 a.m. meeting or a 6 p.m. meeting because mm. the people that ask for those meetings are the ones that don't rock up or value it. Yeah. And so the people that I want to work with are the ones that fit within – um, the boundaries that I have yep. because they understand. The only time I break my rules on uh, times for meetings is during tax planning. Yep. And that's because we have pretty much our entire client base we run tax planning for and we only do it in May and June typically. Yep. So, uh, so it's through a pocket. Yeah, we have to get like 200 of them done. Yep, it's like, a planned pocket. Planned that's pocket fine. and we're okay with that. Yeah. But uh, it is it is structuring. I think it's a huge one. So um, communicating with your clients, letting them know the days, yeah. having your diary set out there, being very forthright about that, letting your team be aware of that as well yeah. um, and being – okay to not respond even yeah. though you feel like oh crap i need to save this i need to rectify this there's a mm. problem i can solve it um the question is is it going to be any worse if you solve it at 9 a.m tomorrow morning Absolutely or does it have not. to be at 9 p.m tonight yeah and i th- you know it's around i do boundary set but then you know the goal shift and i always always have to go back and reset them so it's that re-evaluation process all the time and my team hold me accountable to that as well <laughs> so they tell me if they're like oh just step back, love. You know, so I think that that's really important as well, listening. Yeah. Listening to those around you. On the accountable one, who else holds you accountable? So you've got your team. Yeah. 
Um, do your kids tell you off if you're not around? Yes, yeah? 100%. Um, they are like accountability superheroes. Um, so, but I make them, I say to them, honey, if you want me to be there, you know, I'm, I'm going to, you know, move heaven and earth, but you need to tell me if you want yeah. me to be there or not. Tell me that this is important to That's you. And if right. you tell me it's important, then I'll make it important. That's right. But, you know, certainly the, certainly my, my close team at work tell me, you know, even mm. some of my clients sometimes are like, oh, Al, you can have that time, you mm. know. Um, mm. But um, accountability really is across home and work and having somebody that can be honest with you about, oh, hey, are you okay? You seem like you're working too much here or mm. this is stressing you out. I think that accountability factor is so do, important. Do you have a mentor or a buddy or a group of people that you catch up with to talk this kind of stuff at all? Um, I think I've just always reverted back to my dad. Yeah. Like he's my superhero um, and he gets me. So you know what? At home it's my dad mostly. We're going to need to get him on the podcast soon. Oh, he's an amazing man. And at work it's Lee. Like she's like my work wife, right? So and she like we've worked together for seven years and she knows me inside and out. She knows what I'm thinking before I say it. So and I trust them implicitly. And I think this is the thing. You have to trust that person and listen to them. Do you have someone? Yeah, I've I've got a bit of a blend. So obviously there's definitely the family and and as best as possible I will try to get Ivana to let me know if if I'm pushing the boundaries, but um, she's also the kind of person that is so loving and caring and lets me getting get away with Which probably a lot more than I should. Which is why you should do it, right? You you yeah. make you create the new sphere and neck. I do, and she lets <laughs> she lets she lets me hang from it, and then I I learn that sometimes yeah. the hard way, which is which is good. Um, but there's a few things. So like I I, I uh, I've spent some time with some some mentors in the accounting industry, so other accounting accountants who run successful accounting businesses and talking with them and and one of them um say John Knight from Business Depot yeah. I remember the first time first time I had a call with John and it was like talk to me about your relationship with your wife and I was yeah. like all right we we going there <laughs> <laughs> and it was, and but it was important, and it's important because like he understands that from his perspective too. Yeah. That like you need to have some of this balance, and so having someone like that has been really important. So so John and I catch up every now and then, or it's been a while. John, if you're listening, give me a call. Um, <laughs> uh, but then I've you can got call me too, John. <laughs> yeah, call call Ali, call anyone. Actually, you're awesome. Um, but then there's, I've got an advisory board. Um, yeah. So I have uh, a, a group of four people at the moment. I'm looking for a fifth, mm-hmm. um, uh, uh, and they meet with me every two months, yeah. and we talk about the business. But more often than not, the topic of work-life balance and how how often you're putting in there, and your relationship with your family, and those things come into play. And and for me, that's really important. Having a couple of people like that, I've got a good mate that, that does it for me. I've got a business mentor, and I've got a an advisory board. And between those three, it's it's that extra check yeah. that's not because sometimes when it's your partner. Like you don't receive it the way it should be. No, well, you get defensive. And I think that that's just that normal reaction. And you have to be open to hear it. And I think that's the thing. You have to kind of look at yourself and not vent to every other thing outside of you. You're kind of going to look internally there. And it is your responsibility. So, you know, thanks so much, Andrew, for sharing your stories today. I've really appreciated them. Um, You know, the thing about work-life balance is that it's different for everybody. And you've just got to find what works for you. So find those people that, are accountable, find what those boundaries are and communicate, communicate, communicate. Thanks for coming on Ali and Andrew's All Aussie Accounting Adventures with us today. We really enjoyed having your company. You can visit us at Accounting Adventures on the socials or our website accountingadventures.com.au. Don't forget, if you think 
what we've done is pretty cool. Do give us a like, a rate, a share, a comment or something. Send us some love. We'd appreciate it. And hey, if there's something you think we're not talking about that you'd like us to make sure you let us know. We want to make sure all the content we put together is relevant for you, your business and what you're going through. Peace out.